0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, ETH Merge is coming up very soon. What could it mean for the price? That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022. The time is 8 19 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Let's get straight into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And we have Bitcoin sitting at $23,509, down 1% in 24. Ethereum is at $1,850, down 1.4% in 24. Tether's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is number 5 at 308, down 1.6%. Running off the top 10, by the way. I never mentioned the difference between Binance and the number six spot, XRP, is like $30 billion. Binance is sitting at around $49.7 billion market cap, and XRP is like $18.6 billion. So it's like a massive divide between uh, the, the fifth spot and the sixth spot. And I should point that out. Kind of like from uh, number two to number three, Ethereum to Tether. Ethereum sitting at $225.7 billion, and Tether's $67.5 billion. And to be honest with you, it's kind of close to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin is only doubling Ethereum's market cap. So it's quite interesting if you take a look at these market caps. Anyway, running off the top 10, we have XRP, Binance USD, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. And Doge is down 3.8% at 8 cents even. Total market cap, we're at 1.12 trillion, which is down 1.4%. A BTC dominance of 40 and an F dominance of 20 And a lot of people are speculating or saying that the crypto market is down today because the Fed yesterday said that it's going to raise rates again. And it's probably looking at another 50 to 75 basis points that's going to happen in this September. But just because the news came out, people are saying that the market went down. Obviously, we don't know if that's true because the market goes up and down for reasons. And most of those reasons are just speculation. However, that's the rumor. Moving into today's news. Yesterday, Ukraine's Vice Prime Minister shared how $54 million of the country's crypto donations were spent. And now you're asking, what were they spent on? Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, they bought around $11.8 million worth of drones, and that was around 213 of them. $6.9 million went on armored vests, and $5.7 million went on computer hardware and software. What else did they buy? Well, let's take a look. They got 5,081 digital rifle scopes for $2.9 million. They got 119 laptops for 140000 and they got a lot of helmets, $1 million worth. How many helmets can you buy for $1 million? About 4250 So who gave all this crypto money? Well, donations from Gavin Wood, Polkadot's co-founder, about $5 million. Somebody gave a $200,000 CryptoPunk and $1.26 million in donations from selling an NFT by Julian Assange. Also, can't leave out Vitalik Buterin. He donated $2.5 million in Ethereum. South Korean customers could lose access to more than a dozen crypto exchanges as local authorities clamp down on foreign businesses who they say are operating in the country without proper registration. Which exchanges, you may ask? Well, KuCoin, MaxC, XT.com, BitTrue, ZB.com, which some of these I haven't even heard of, BitGlobal, CoinW, AAX, ZoomX, Poloniex, BTCC, and Pionex. The penalty for operating illegal business and activities in unregistered entities in South Korea is up to five years in prison and a maximum fine of 5 million Korean won, or $38,000, which seems rather low compared to five years in prison. But, hey. Moving into some Coinbase news. Well, a tweet was sent out on Sunday by the founder of an open source crypto analytics and accounting app, Rocky, and it was asking a question to Coinbase, Kraken, Lido, and Bitcoin Suisse. And the question was, will you A, comply and censor th- at the protocol level, Or B, shut down the staking service and preserve network integrity? And there's a question about if regulators will come and try to clamp down on Ethereum staking after the merge. Well, Coinbase's CEO, Brian Armstrong, was the only person to answer. And he said, it's a hypothetical we hopefully won't actually face. But if we did, we'll go with B, I think. We got to focus on the bigger picture. He also noted that a better or third option could present itself or that legal challenges could help reach a better outcome. Also, in more Coinbase news, three finance researchers at the University of Technology in Sydney, Australia, claimed that insider trading is systemic in the cryptocurrency industry and estimated such activity has taken place on up to 25% of Coinbase listings in the last four years. In a not-yet-peer-reviewed paper, and that's very good to note, not-yet-peer-reviewed, They estimated that insider trading occurred on 10 to 25% of cryptocurrency listings in the San Francisco-based exchange between September of 2018 and May of 2022. The researchers also claim that it resulted in at least $1.5 million in ill-gotten profits, and they said that their findings identify cases that are not yet to be prosecuted. And this is my weird opinion on this one. I don't know if you guys will agree on this, but insider trading is bad. You're not supposed to do insider trading. But if you look at $1.5 million in profits over those years and how much money was going through Coinbase, it seems like not that much. Look, when I was working in hospitality, we would have a percentage of theft that we would just, you know, accept. We know that people are stealing. If it's either malicious or not malicious. And you guys might ask, what is not malicious theft? Well, you get off your shift, you sit at the bar and the bartender, you guys are friends and he pours a beer. He doesn't ring it through the computer. That's technically theft. But it's not malicious. It's giving your friend a beer that you guys work together in the same place. And as managers, I would always go just like, hey, give them a beer. Just ring it through the computer so we could c- control our costs and we can understand where the stuff is going. Just put it in as free or I will comp it for you, you know. And we actually operated in around a 1.5 to 2.5 percent theft ratio. We just accepted that that was going to happen. And I don't know if that is actually the same thing applies to trading or insider trading. But it looks as though $1.5 million is not that much money when we're talking about billions of dollars in volume. Um, Anyway, let me know if that's a weird way to think of it. I'm not too sure. I'm just trying to figure out the operations of an exchange. Matthew, you're in at decrypt.co. And moving into even more Coinbase news. As we know, Coinbase posted a $1.1 billion net loss over last quarter. And trading volume fell 29%. And JP Morgan has comments on this. And they said Ethereum's move to F 2.0 could help the company. They said, we see Coinbase as a meaningful beneficiary of F merge. They continue to say Coinbase is bigger in Ethereum than was intuitive to us, thus leading directly to a bigger revenue opportunity. We believe Coinbase has taken serious steps to maximize the Ethereum staking revenue opportunity. JP Morgan estimated that Coinbase can generate an incremental annual staking revenue of around $650 million from Ethereum's merge, with Ethereum trading at $2,000 and at 5% yield. And as we all know, Ethereum's merge is expected to happen around September 15th or 16th. And so, here's my thoughts on the merge and price. Now, obviously, this is not financial advice. This is just my thoughts, my opinion. Grain of salt. Don't ever quote me. Don't ever trade on anything I say. But here's what I think. I think that we're going to see F pump coming up to the merge. And I think that it's just because people think that F is going to pump. So, therefore, people are going to put money into F. Therefore, pumping the price because people think that people are going to buy F to pump the price. Or because the F's price is going to go up. So it's just going to be kind of like a speculative surge into F. And then about two to three days before the merge, people are going to dump. Because this is risky. This is uncertain. Capital likes certainty. And F's merge is uncertain. Will it fail? Will it succeed? Well, everybody doesn't want to be stuck holding the bag if it fails. So you're going to see a dump right before the merge. And it could be just right before the merge. Anyway, I think we're going to see very volatile F over the next couple months because nobody's going to know how it's going to succeed or how it's going to fail. But I think that's only the first chapter of all of this. The second and third and fourth and fifth chapter is the tokens and the ecosystem, the ERC-20s, the NFT ERC-721s, and bridges and scaling solutions. So let's talk about first ERC-721s, which are NFTs and ERC-20 tokens and the companies that use ERC-20s. What I think is going to happen is once you have low transaction fees or low gas fees and fast transactions is you're actually kind of like, it's kind of like the Fed lowering interest rates. You're going to create extra liquidity. And that extra liquidity comes from the money that people are going to save with their gas fees and the barrier to entry that's going to be knocked down for trading and selling and buying and so on and so forth. And also, what is it going to do to companies that were slow moving, on the blockchain because of S limitations on speed and they just now get faster I think we're going to see a huge rebasing of capital move around these different tokens ERC20s and ERC721s because the barrier entries are going to be lower because we're going to have more money for people to spend and it's more money because they're not spending on gas fees and so therefore they're just going to ape into different projects just maybe willy nilly or to experiment something that they didn't want to do before because of the barrier of gas fees so I think that even though everybody's going to be looking at S price I think there's going to be a huge movement of capital around these different projects, money that wasn't moving around before because of the limitations of speed and price. That takes us to bridges and scaling solutions. Scaling solutions is a toss up, in my opinion. I'm not too sure if they're going to survive. I don't know if they're going to be necessary. So again, capital couldn't leave them or stay with them. I'm not too sure what's going to happen, but maybe there's still going to be a better option at the first start of F2.0 But then when ETH scales up and gets faster and even cheaper, then they're going to be obsolete. I personally would keep my eye on that. And now the bridges. I personally think that the bridges are going to be very busy at start. And bridges between Solana and ETH are going to be absolutely high traffic. Why? Because of accessibility. And so, anyway, this is exciting, I think, for many different reasons. And it's not the reason of just F's price or, you know, cheaper transactions, but the way capital is going to flow into different projects because of the lack of restriction. And those restrictions were just based off of the limitations of the Ethereum blockchain. So I'm curious to see what happens. In summary, I think price is going to pump and then dump. And then we're going to see huge flows of capital around projects that maybe didn't have capital before or as much trading volume. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co we got some Celsius news. The CDPQ, one of Canada's largest pension managers, has written off $150 million in investment in bankrupt crypto lender Celsius. The CDPQ reported a $26 billion loss in the first half of the year, which amounts to a negative return of 7.9%. When the CDPQ announced that it had added Celsius Network to its portfolio in October 21, the market cap of crypto was around $3 trillion. And they put out a press release that said they have taken a stake in the world's leading crypto lender at the time. Celsius had announced it had about $25 billion of assets under management and more than 1 million customers on its platform. That's a big blow for pension funds. And again, for Celsius, will Alex Mashinsky get arrested and go to jail? Moving into some tornado cash news. Dutch officials told the nonprofit DeFi Education Fund that it may be punishable if a developer writes code for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts the FIOD, wrote this in response to the DeFi Education Fund. About the concerns, the development of a tool is not prohibited, but if a tool has been created for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts, for example, to conceal criminal flows of money, then putting it online, then a developed tool may be punishable. It's the latest detail from the Financial Information and Investigative Service, or FIOD, which last week arrested a 29-year-old developer of Tornado Cash. As we all know, Tornado Cash was created to hide Ethereum transactions. Kraken CEO Jesse Powell doesn't like any of this and he denounced the U.S. government's ban on Tornado Cash and he said it was unconstitutional. Speaking to Bloomberg on Tuesday, he said that people have the right to financial privacy and that he doesn't believe the sanctions will survive in a challenge. In court, Powell described the ban as a mostly knee-jerk response to the Terra Luna's ecosystem collapse. And finally, crypto broker Genesis Trading announced that the firm's CEO, Michael Morrow, will immediately step down from his role. The firm will also cut 20% of its staff, or 260 people, to reduce costs. Last week, the company reported that it originated more than $40 billion in new loans in Q2 of 2022, representing a 9% drop from the first quarter. Genesis also had $4.9 billion in active loans at the end of June, while reporting $17 billion in spot volume trading during the second quarter. It also revealed that Genesis was the biggest creditor of the now-insolvent crypto fund Three Arrows Capital, with a whopping $2.36 billion owed to the firm. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And if you're on Spotify, click those five stars. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.